Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm so happy that you joined us for this episode of This Week in the Word. We are continuing a series entitled Telling Time for Beginners. The episode today is entitled The Future Pre-Written, and it's for Sunday, July 17, 2022. Bible prophecy is the future of Israel and the future of the world pre-written. I want you to get the picture. The prophet Daniel is very old, and Babylon is literally surrounded by the army of the Medes. There is a drunken party going on, headed up by the king himself, and they were using the vessels taken captive from the temple in Jerusalem to drink even more alcohol and praise their gods. That's when that hand appeared and wrote what we call the handwriting on the wall. That's where that phrase comes from. Well, it shook the king up really bad. And he said, is there anybody who can explain to me what this means? And Daniel was brought in. So we read in Daniel 5, verses 1 through 27, Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against another. The king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. And the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read this writing and show me the interpretation thereof shall be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then came in all the king's wise men, but they could not read the writing nor make known to the king the interpretation thereof. Then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him, and his lords were astonished. Now the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house, and the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And in the days of thy father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him, whom the king, Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the king, I say, thy father, made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers, for as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams, and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. Then was Daniel brought in before the king, and the king spake and said unto Daniel, Art thou that Daniel, which art of the children of the captivity of Judah, whom the king my father brought out of Jewry? I have even heard of thee that the spirit of the gods is in thee, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom is in thee. And now the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me, but they, that they should read this writing and make known unto me the interpretation thereof, but they could not show the interpretation of the thing. 
And I have heard of thee that thou canst make interpretations and dissolve doubts. Now, if thou canst read of the writing and make known to me the interpretation thereof, thou shalt be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about thy neck and shalt be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then answered Daniel and said before the king, let thy gifts be to thyself and give thy rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king and make known to him the interpretation. O thou king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. And for the majesty that he gave him, all people, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would, he slew, and whom he would, he kept alive. And whom he would, he set up, and whom he would, he put down. But when his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne, and they took his glory from him. And he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like the beast. And his dwelling was with the wild asses. They fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till he knew that the Most High God ruled in the kingdom of men, and that he appointeth over it whomsoever he will." And thou his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all this, but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven, and they have brought the vessels of his house before thee, and thou and thy lords, thy wives and thy concubines have drunk wine in them, and thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold, of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not, nor hear, nor know, and the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified. Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written, and this is the writing that was written, many, many, tekel, upharsin. This is the interpretation of the thing. Many, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tekel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Perez, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then commanded Belshazzar and they clothed Daniel with scarlet and put a chain of gold about his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. Now listen to this. And that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain. And Darius the Median took the kingdom, being about three score and two years old. When you start seeing improbable predictions, like he said to the king, you're finished. He died that night. And Babylon fell that night as the Medes and Persians went under the walls through the river that had been blocked off and they conquered that great Babylon virtually without a fight. When you start seeing improbable predictions literally happening, you should sit up and pay attention. You should realize that it is possible through God, to see the future pre-written. I'm going to give you three more examples of these. And by the way, as we get further in this episode, if you do not want to hear a lot of Scripture, I, I beg you to go ahead and hear it. But if you don't want to, then you should just leave this podcast now. But for those of us who know we need more, not less, we're going to keep listening. Here are three more examples of the future pre-written. Number one, the invasion of Israel supernaturally defeated. All right, let's read in Ezekiel chapter 38, and we're going to start in verse 1. We're going to read all the way through chapter 39. 
And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. By the way, I'm not, I don't have time to go into it now. We've done it before. This prophecy is against Russia. Verse three, and say, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his bands, the house of Togarma of the north quarters, that would be Turkey, and all his bands and many people with thee. Be thou prepared and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. So this invasion will be under the protection of Russia. Verse eight, after many days, thou shalt be visited. In the latter years, thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people. He's talking about Israel here. Against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste but it is brought forth out of the nations and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land. Thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. Thus saith the Lord God. Let me reread that, verse 10. Thus saith the Lord God. It shall come to pass that at the same time shall things come into thy mind and thou shalt think an evil thought. And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and have neither, having neither bars nor gates, to take a spoil and to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations, which have gotten cattle and goods that thou that dwell in the midst of the land. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish, with all the young lions thereof, shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Notice they only talk here. Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey? to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? Verse 14, Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto God, Thus saith the Lord God, In that day when my people of Israel dwelleth safely, shalt thou not know it? And thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army. And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. And it shall be in the latter days. And I will bring thee against my land that the heathen may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee, O Gog, before their eyes. Thus saith the Lord God, art thou he of whom I have spoken? in old time by my servants, the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring thee against them. And it shall come to pass at the same time when God shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel, so that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all the creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. 
and the mountains shall be thrown down, and the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother, and I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood, and I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him and overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Now we go to chapter 39. Therefore thou, son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back and leave but the sixth part of thee, and will cause thee to come up from the north parts, and will bring thee upon the mountains of Israel. And I will smite thy bow out of thy left hand, and will cause thine arrows to fall out of thy right hand. Thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, thou and all thy bands and the people that is with thee, and I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sort and to the beast of the field to be devoured. Thou shalt fall upon the open field, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord God, and I will send a fire on Magog and among them that dwell carelessly in the isles, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So will I make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them pollute my holy name any more. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Behold, it is come. And it is done, saith the Lord God. This is the day whereof I have spoken. And they that dwell in the cities of Israel shall go forth and shall set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers, the bows and the arrows and the handstaves and the spears, and they shall burn them with fire seven years, so that they shall take no wood out of the field, neither cut down, any out of the forest, for they shall burn the weapons with fire, and they shall spoil those that spoil them, and rob those that rob them, saith the Lord God. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will give unto Gog a place there of the graves in Israel, the valley of the passengers on the east of the sea, and it shall stop the noses of the passengers. And there shall they bury Gog and all his multitude, and they shall call it the Valley of Haman Gog. And seven months shall the house of Israel be burying of them, that they may cleanse the land. Yea, all the peoples of the land shall bury them, and it shall be to them a renown the day that I shall be glorified, saith the Lord God. And they shall sever out men of continual employment, passing through the land to bury with the passengers those that remain upon the face of the earth to cleanse it. After the end of seven months shall they search. And the passengers that pass through the land, when any seeth a man's bone, then shall he set up a sign by it till the barriers have buried it in the valley of Haman Gog. And also the name of the city shall be Hamona. Thus shall they cleanse the land. And thou, son of man, thus saith the Lord God, speak unto every feathered fowl and to every beast of the field, assemble yourselves and come, gather yourselves on every side to my sacrifice that I do sacrifice for you, even a great sacrifice upon the mountains of Israel, that ye may eat flesh and drink blood. Ye shall eat the flesh of the mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth, of rams, of lambs, and of goats, of bullocks, and all of them fatlings of Bashan. 
and you shall eat fat till ye be full and drink blood till ye be drunken of my sacrifice, which I have sacrificed for you. Thus ye shall be filled at my table with horses and chariots, with mighty men and with all the men of war, saith the Lord God. And I will set my glory among the heathen, and all the heathen shall see my judgment that I have executed in my hand that I have laid upon them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day and forward. And the heathen shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they trespassed against me. Therefore hid I my face from them and gave them into the hand of their enemies. So fell they all by their sword. According to their uncleanness and according to their transgressions have I done unto them and hid my face from them. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel and will be jealous for my holy name. After that, they have borne their shame and all their trespasses, whereby they have trespassed against me when they dwelt safely in their land, and none made them afraid. When I have brought them again from the people and gathered them out of their enemies' lands and am sanctified in them in the sight of many nations, then shall they know that I am the Lord their God, which caused them to be led into captivity among the heathen. But I have gathered them unto their own land and have left none of them any more there. Neither will I hide my face any more from them, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord. And right about now, if you know a little history and maybe even a little Bible, you're saying, so what, Pastor Ed? That's happened hundreds of times in the Middle East and scores of times in Israel. Uh, what I just read has never happened. <laughs> and what I just read is going to be, it, what we read is so specific and is going to be so spectacular that the entire world will go like Scooby-Doo. You know, it's just going to be shocking. The entire world will know God is God. That hasn't happened yet, friends. And hey, boys and girls, guess what three countries' leaders are meeting in Tehran on Tuesday, July 19th, a few days from when I'm recording this, July 19th in 2022. Now I'm recording it on July 17th. Guess what leaders of what three countries are meeting there? What countries? And sort of like the church lady on Saturday Night Live, is it Argentina, Suriname, and Norway? No! Is it Nova Scotia? El Salvador. I love it to say it like that, like the news people do, right? Nova Scotia, El Salvador, Myanmar. No. Is it Mexico, Finland, and United Arab Emirates? Oh, no. Guess who it is? It's Russia, Persia, and Turkey. Wow. Now, I'm not saying that the meeting this Tuesday is a fulfillment of that. But you did notice, didn't you, that Russia is like organizing this whole thing that we read about, right? God puts a hook in Russia's jaw. And then we see that for Russia to get to Israel, they would have to go through, guess what? Turkey, where Erdogan is the current leader. Of course, Putin, as far as I know, is still the leader of Russia. I'm sure you're aware of that. And then um, you've got... Persia, which is modern-day Iran, and you ask any Iranian what they are, and if they know what they're talking about, they'll say they're Persian. Oh, yeah, I've done that, and I've gotten that answer. I've asked some of them, you're, per you're from Persia, aren't you? And they, they smile broadly and say, yes. You know, they're amazed that anybody in the West gets that. But I'm going to, just so you know, I'm not making this up. I'm reading this from 
Associated Press News. Putin set to visit Iran next week by Vladimir Ishkinikov. And he wrote this on July 12th. Russian President Vladimir Putin attends a meeting with Moscow Region Governor Andrei Vorobov at the Kremlin in Moscow, Russia, Monday, July 11th, and blah, 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 blah. You know, okay, so they're meeting about the, the, uh, the meeting coming up between Russia, Turkey, which, by the way, I'll show you in a minute, that is Togarma that we read about there in Ezekiel, and uh, Persia, Iran. Russian President Vladimir Putin will visit Iran next week. The Kremlin said Tuesday. So uh, skip a, a line or two that I want to get into about the president and all that. But anyway, now, during a trip to Tehran next Tuesday, Putin will attend a trilateral meeting with the leaders of Iran and Turkey, the so-called Astana format of meetings for Syria-related talks. Syria is also right above Israel. And then we read on, uh, Peskov told reporters that on the visit to Tehran, Putin will also have a separate meeting with Turkish President Erdogan. We can't make this stuff up, and we don't have to. It's starting to happen, as predicted, right before our eyes. Now, I'm not saying that's the invasion of Israel, but one day in the future, which God described, he took two chapters in the Bible, in the book of Ezekiel, 38-39, and he described in detail what was going to happen, what would be the result, and it would be a supernatural judgment in which God delivers Israel, and the entire world just, they can't believe what happens. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Well, they're meeting. I mean, surely that plays a part in it. So were you saying that's going to happen next week or next month? I didn't say that. But if they're going to eventually work together to try to go after and invade Israel, they got to talk to each other sometime, right? And there we have it right there. Uh, like I say, it wasn't Brazil and uh, Myanmar and Canada. It's Russia, Turkey, and Iran, which is Persia. That's amazing. By the way, in case you're doubting that Togarma is Turkey, I'm reading from um, some scholarly people here, and it says, Togarma is another country aligned with Russia. He was a son of Gomer, son of Japheth, in Genesis 10, verses 1-3, known in Assyrian records as Tilgarmaru, I think I said that right, a city-state in eastern Anatolia, Asia Minor, minor, modern Turkey, more specifically the southeastern part of Turkey near the Syrian border. This identification is generally acknowledged by all. Once again, we have a region in present-day Turkey. And we know that um, Turkey is directly north of Israel. We know that, so that's important. Then the Jewish historian Josephus identified Togarma as the Phrygians located in Asia Minor, uh, parentheses, Turkey. And in 700 B.C., some Phrygians moved to Armenia. So Targoma, Togarma existed in the geographical region of Turkey and Armenia. And if you're laughing at my pronunciation right now, let's see you do this and record it. <laughs> it's also significant, this writer says, that four of the ancient locations Ezekiel gives are found today in the nation of Turkey. Clearly, God is emphasizing that Turkey will have a big-time role to play in this end-time coalition that invades Israel. By the way, did you know, I didn't know this, didn't realize this till today, Turkey is the only nation in the world with land on two continents. And you can't use Russia because that's cheating. It's not two separate continents. It's called Eurasia, all right? But Turkey is located in Europe and Asia. And it's being pulled in both directions, between east and west, between the secular and Islam, and so on. So you get the idea. Turkey has a big part to play, just like Ezekiel 38-39 says. Again, as I said, we can't make this stuff up. One day there will be an invasion 
of Israel by uh, many countries that we saw listed there, but three of the primary countries are Russia, Persia, and Iran. Now just think about trying to learn how to tell time for beginners, right? Think about it. There's going to be an invasion of Israel that will be supernaturally defeated. And right here, we see that next week on Tuesday, July 19th, the leaders of Russia, Turkey, and Persia are meeting. Come on. Can you tell what time it is yet? (laughs) This writer went on to say that uh, the Turkish Empire was a seat of the Islamic Caliphate. You remember that, of course, in world history, right? Today, Islam is awaiting the restoration of the caliphate, which would involve Turkey. Turkey's a, what they call, what this writer calls a, a watershed player. I mean, when they're all on board, things are going to start rolling. Wow. I mean, that's amazing to me. And this hasn't happened yet, of course, until about the invasion by uh, this, this uh, group of countries. But it's going to happen, and it will happen exactly like the Lord predicts. Here's another one. The Bible predicts that there will be an installation of a global government just before Jesus Christ returns to establish his thousand-year millennial world rule. Now, where do we find that? Well, if you go to the Old Testament prophet Daniel in Daniel chapter 2, verses 40 to 47. And again, I'm going to read a lot of Bible. If you, that's not your cup of tea, leave. Daniel chapter 2, verses 40 to 47. So Daniel is interpreting a dream that the king had, all right? Well, this gets right down to it. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things. And as iron that breaketh all these, shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. But there shall be in it of the strength of the iron. For as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay, and as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay." And in the days of these kings, what's he talking about there? That last world kingdom before Christ comes, okay? And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Forasmuch as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands. Now that's talking about Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, right? And that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof Sure. Now, just in case some wise guy says, all right, that's just a one-offer. I mean, that's your interpretation. All right, you just never learn, do you? All right, Daniel chapter 7, verses 23 to 27. Now, again, Daniel is, is getting the interpretation of a vision that he had here. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom. So by the way, this is the same kingdom that we saw in Daniel 2 that's set up by men right before the Lord comes back to set up his real kingdom, his rightful kingdom. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth. 
which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise and another shall rise after them and he shall be diverse from the first and he shall subdue three kings and he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. And we know from Daniel that means three and a half years. That's the second half of the tribulation when the Antichrist, that's who this is now, is revealed and um, uh, rather indwelt literally by Satan and just goes berserk. Verse 26, but the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. Now, we know... Uh, that there's this thing called the World Economic Forum. It's not a conspiracy theory, no matter how much the fact checkers and all those clowns try to like misdirect you, fake you out. It's really real. Just go to the World Economic Forum website. It's right there and read some of their goals. I don't think they've shared everything they have in mind, but enough is shared there that you get the point. They want to set up a global government that people will not have a choice to be part of. And if you don't want to be, they'll just get rid of you one way or another, all right? I mean, it's one of those things you're either in or you're out. Are you in? If you're not, then you're out. You can fill in the blanks on that. So they just had a meeting. Um, it was it was only a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, I believe. One of their many meetings they have, and basically, as they uh, spoke from the podium and they had their little think tanks or you know whatever they do at this thing, but basically, the overall opinion of this year's World Economic Forum. Essentially, it was this, and I'm boiling it down to the essential, all right? It's like, hey, guys, our direction and destination for global government, I mean, we are all happy with that. I mean, who's not happy, right? Yay! All right, but our determination to get it done is lacking. Now, you get out there and make it happen. <laughs> and by the way, if you're, if you're thinking like, well, when do they want to have all this in, in place? Uh, yesterday, if they could, but you know, the, the 2030 goal is kind of their goal, but if they can push that up a whole lot, great. But they want to have the world under their sway completely, no later than 2030. Pastor Ed, you're just making all this up. You're reading too many conspiracy theories. Just read their stuff. And if you won't do it, you deserve to continue to be ignorant. All right, a third example is defection from the truth by the church. Now, let me say right here very quickly that <laughs> the, the vast majority, like 99.99% of the Christian churches, and by that I mean denominations, you know, Methodist, Presbyterian, so on, with very few exceptions. Almost all denominations have defected from historic, biblical Christian truth. They may hold to, or say they hold to, some of the doctrines. All right, I'll grant that. But man, when it gets right down to it, they don't. They're so liberal and 
so over with that they're useless. I mean, they're no threat to Satan's work in this world. I mean, they're truly not. Now, I'm not saying there are not any believers in Christ in those denominations. I'm sure there are, but they need to get out of them. But you know, there's one, one, one major denomination that is not defected from the truth, and that's the Southern Baptist Convention. Did you know that? Now, by the way, before you go like, ah, that cabbage, hey, if you haven't studied it, then shut up, because I have. I know what I'm talking about. Virtually every denomination that you could name on some major historic Christian biblical doctrine has said, hasta la vista, baby, and they have created their own version of that and denied what the Bible says, all right? Just trust me on that. Just trust me, all right? Except this Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, <laughs> you should know this, that it survived an assassination attempt in the 1980s. I, I played a very, 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 very exceedingly small role, like a tiny cog in the great war machine against that. But there were great leaders back in those days, and uh, they deserve all the credit for being used by God to turn the SBC back from liberalism, back to being a conservative, Bible-believing, Christ-honoring, soul-winning church, okay? Uh-oh, this just in. I hate to break it to you, but the Southern Baptist Convention is openly sliding now into unsound doctrine, and that's at the top. Your rank-and-file Southern Baptist Church still believes thoroughly in the Bible as the Word of God, in Jesus Christ as the world's only hope, and just every doctrine you could name, virtually every Southern Baptist church locally still believes that. Now, there are glaring exceptions, and that's what's bugging us, because they're allowed to remain in, quote, fellowship with the rest of us when they should be drummed out, but they're not being drummed out. You know why? They're usually large churches which dump truck, uh, you know, uh, dump truck loads of cash into the religious system. That's why. Whatever other reasons you may hear as to why they're not put out, yeah, whatever. The real reason is money talks. Money buys you power and influence, even in religious settings. So now, after the most recent Southern Baptist Convention meeting in uh, California, we can see, I mean, it's right there for everyone to see now. It's being plastered over and sugar-coated and all that. Uh, nice try, but we're not blind, nor are we stupid. The Southern Baptist Convention is openly sliding into unsound doctrine at the top. Now, what do I mean by at the top? at the seminaries, where there's no stand taken on critical issues, it's not happening by the leadership and the executive committee. I mean, let me give you an example. Some well-known Baptist churches, Southern Baptist churches, in quote, good standing, have ordained women as pastors. Now, I don't know what your church does, all right, your denomination, but I'm telling you, historically, among Southern Baptists, that idea would never have happened, would never have been done. Well, it's been done many times. And there are, are many other things, I don't even want to get into them now, that are going on that are not being challenged. One that I will break, bring, bring up is the woke stuff and critical race theory. Now, as I've said on other episodes, critical theory is a, a communist theory, and it's been around for about almost 100 years. Maybe not quite that long, but quite a while. 
and the critical race theory, that's a brand new change here where they added that word so now it can be racialized and used as leverage against people. But the woke critical race theory, which by the way, here's, here's just two of the problems with that. There's a bunch, but here's two. If you're guilty, you can never be forgiven. I'm going to say that again. If you're guilty of racism, you can never be absolved or forgiven for that. And here's the second thing and the big thing. Jesus Christ is not the solution to any of this, according to critical race theory. The Southern Baptist Convention is openly sliding into unsound doctrine. And for example, on the pastor, uh, women being ordained as pastors, <laughs> they punted on that one and turned it over to a committee to study it for a year. We don't need a study on that. We know what the Word of God says. Period. Now, here's the thing you have to realize if you want to be better at telling time. The Southern Baptist Convention is the big prize. Trust me on that. I think in the eyes of people who hate Jesus, hate the Word of God, hate the church, they hate Christians, they want more than you could possibly know to take down the Southern Baptist Convention and to change us from being a people of the book to being a people of the position paper. If I have to start choosing between being a someone who believes the Bible or goes with a position paper, I'm staying with the Bible. I'm like Charles Spurgeon in his downgrade controversy where he challenged the slide of English Baptist into liberalism uh, back in the 1880s. <laughs> Man, he, he lost just about everything except his church and his faith by taking that stand, but he never wavered from it. And you know what? It was proven right as English Baptists are not even a blip on the radar screen in England anymore. Wow. So I have a question for you right now with what I've shared with you. And I give you a, a gold star, a blue ribbon for listening this long, but I hope you feel like it was worth it. The three examples I've given, let me remind myself what they are. Um, the three examples that I've given right now that we read all that scripture, that there would be an invasion of Israel that would be supernaturally defeated. We see three leaders of those, three of those major countries meeting this next week. Wow. Can't make that up, can you? <laughs> we see, what else? What was the other one? That? You tell me. I'm looking at my notes here. I have a lot on my mind today, as you can tell. The installation of a global government, Klaus Schwab Economic Forum, whole nine yards. Obviously, they're trying to do that, to force the world into that. And then the defection from the truth by the church. Let me read to you what it says in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. That's talking about the Antichrist. But what happens prior to that is an apostasy a falling away from the historic Christian faith. Well, I think we're, we're near the end of that. When you realize that the Southern Baptist Convention is taking on water rapidly. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, we read there, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. 
for the time will come when they will not endure. That means they will not put up with sound doctrine. But after their own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables like critical race theory. I added that at the end there. Can you tell me what time it is yet? If you have not been being a serious Christian, it's time to start being one. Repent and join the battle. If you are not a Christian, but even you have been stunned by what you've heard today, and you know it's time to be saved, you've dodged the Lord Jesus Christ in many creative ways your entire life, but you know you are running out of time. Call this number, 877-247-2426. And I want you to know that with Jesus Christ becoming your Savior and Lord, you will be able to know for certain how your eternity will turn out. Instead of following Satan like you've been doing all along and being condemned with him to an eternal hell, you can follow Jesus Christ and be welcomed into an eternal heaven. Some of you may even want to go to chataboutjesus.com. Now listen, in Romans 3.23, we read, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I hope that you will turn to the Lord Jesus Christ today, this moment that you might be saved forever. Thank you for listening to This Week in the Word and listening all the way through this long episode. I hope that you will like the episode, follow the podcast, and share this podcast with people you know and love right now, today, right from where you're listening. Send this to them. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week if the Lord doesn't come first as we learn more about telling time for beginners. Bye-bye.